0: You ever seen a ghost? Been abducted? Heard your name whispered from the other room when you're all alone? No, you say? Me either. But if you're like me, you're still fascinated by the paranormal. It seems everyone else has had an experience, and you want to believe it all. So why doesn't it happen to us? What does it all mean? How does it work? Is any of it real? Welcome to Paranorm Girl, a show that will attempt to answer these questions by taking the paranormal completely apart in search of proof. I'm not a blind believer, nor a hardened skeptic. I'm just looking for answers and willing to accept what I find. What's spooky with you? No friend of mine. I'm still unsure of what it was that I saw that night, but it might have been a shadow person. When I was about 15, I lived in a haunted place. Many other things happened to me over the course of the year that my family lived here, but those can be for another time. During this particular experience, I was dead asleep, but woke up when I felt a presence in my room. I was lying on my back with my face turned to the left. I slowly turned my head, scanning the room, and stopped dead when I saw her a girl standing at the foot of my bed, staring right at me. I could see the clothes she had on, the rings on her fingers, the jangly necklace that hung around her neck, and it all looked familiar. This was my friend from school. Or so I thought. I was having trouble getting a good look at her face as the moonlight through tree branches coming from the window right behind me was casting dark black shadows across her face. I could kind of see the reflection of eyes in the dark, but really had to squint. I stared back at her and she at me for a moment. Then groggily I asked her, what are you doing here? She didn't answer and continued staring silently. I felt an uneasy pit growing in my stomach. The shadows coming through the window seemed to intensify and start to cover her whole body, but I could still see her silhouette. After another moment of uneasy silence and my fear now weighing me down, it made sense in my mind to pretend this was all cool and just act as if I didn't know this thing was something other than my friend. So I was going to continue the conversation. Not expecting an answer, I asked, what time is it? To my surprise, she shifted her gaze from me to the digital clock next to me on the bedside table, then back to me. In a familiar, but not-so-familiar voice, she said, It's 3.50. Suddenly, the grogginess became too heavy and I couldn't hold my head up any longer. I plopped back on the pillow and said, "Okay," and closed my eyes, my internal voice screaming to not take my eyes off of this thing. But as soon as my eyes closed and I felt the dive back into sleep, My eyes sprang wide open and my head shot straight up, now fully awake. My eyes darted around the room. Everything was quiet. Normal. No uneasy feeling. No friend shadow thing at the foot of my bed. Boy, what a weird dream, I thought, rolling over and staring directly at the clock on the bedside. In its blaringly red digits, it read, three fifty all right so let's get this show rolling shadow people am i right shadow beings the hat man the old hag ooh the crawler ooh wisps that that one's just kind of cute I don't know who came up with that term but that's just that's adorable it makes them sound so harmless it's like um like uh, what uh what what do the British people call their um their fries uh no 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 they call their fries chips and their chips crisps wisps okay so uh these are these are all names and in- terms of various shadow figure entities that have been reported across the globe, now seemingly in record numbers, more than ever before. Some experiencers have described them as a menacing and evil force, while others have reported a more neutral or even helpful energy in their interactions with them, like like a guide or a guardian angel of some sort. Some speculate that shadow people are actually interdimensional beings or time travelers here to observe. And of course, there are skeptics and science folk who believe these visions are nothing more than the result of physiological and psychological conditions, such as sleep paralysis or the side effects of drugs and alcohol. Right off the bat, we can cast a little doubt on this phenomenon exclusively going hand-in-hand with sleep paralysis. Author and Hat Man expert Heidi Hollis recounted her very first shadow person experience on episode 247 of the Conspire Normal podcast. She states she'd been staying out of town and her and a friend were walking along in broad daylight and she sees this big black mass jumping from tree to tree, following them along the road follows them the whole way to their destination, then does it again the whole way back to the place she was staying. She quickly draws a picture of what she saw, ultimately labeling it as a head-and-shoulders shadow, shows her friend, and surprisingly, the friend is not shocked at all and tells Heidi that, yeah, she's been saying it herself for years by that point. She's mostly like, you know, whatevs, homie. Anyway, Heidi proceeds upstairs to grab her stuff to go, and turns to leave the room and says the same entity she'd just seen outside was then standing there, blocking the doorway. So, not sleeping. No sleep paralysis. Definitely awake. And also, apparently, seeing the same figure that her friend had seen. And piggybacking on the theory that these things are nothing more than hallucinations, author Mike Ricksecker says that shortly after moving to a new house when he was younger, both he and his mother would see the same figure darting around, thinking it was just them seeing things. It wasn't revealed until later that they were, in fact, both seeing the same thing. So are these shared hallucinations? Is that a thing? Perhaps in Mike's instance, there was a gas leak in the house, making him and his mother see things. And maybe both Heidi and her friend are crazy. Or they both have schizophrenia. Skeptics always have an out, don't they? But look, Heidi is not the only one to say she had been awake, in broad daylight, and had full ability to move, walk, talk, think, etc. during her experience. And neither of them are alone in having had a shared shadow person encounter. Something is going on. Something is happening here. Now, before we jump any deeper into our very first episode and the shadow person phenomenon, I think I should probably introduce myself and explain what the hell we're doing here. Hi, y'all. I'm Kristen. I freaking love all things spooky and supernatural and mysterious and out of this world. Anything haunted or creepy or without cause or reason or explanation, I'm here for it. Though I myself have had very limited exposure to my own paranormal experiences, I'm still fascinated by it. And we're going to talk about it. All of it. Why? Because I've been in this semi-skeptic, semi openness about its existence and validity my entire life. I guess you could say I'm agnostic about it all. Though I myself do not have the proof or what I would call proof to back it up, I think even just the sheer number of stories and reported experiences and and inexplicable events that have happened all around the world by thousands and thousands of people are enough to sit up and pay attention. Don't you? I can literally sit here and say that I'm 100% sure that something is going on. It's the what that I am now after. Enter, Paranorm Girl. So the idea behind it is to educate both myself and you about the paranormal, a subject that is quite literally endless in its possibilities, its theories, its very content. And I realized not that long ago that I just keep plodding along, semi-believing in something that in all reality, I just don't know that much about. So why not dig deeper? Why not prove myself right or wrong? Why not educate others along the way and have some fun while doing it? So here we are. So every season, we're going to cover a different topic Each season will consist of 10 to 15 episodes on a different aspect of that topic and uh, giving us all enough time to absorb the information, look at all the different angles, hear from the skeptics, hear from the believers, hear from the experts, and voila! Armed with enough information by the end of each season, we should be able to say without a second thought that aliens exist, that there is an afterlife, that magic is real, the Mothman, clairvoyance, etc., etc we will be able to coherently understand any of these topics and say whether or not it even holds water. That's the idea anyway. How it will change and morph itself over the course of time, I can't say. But it's gonna be good. It, it might be fun, and if nothing else, we'll all have learned something new. And you guys, did I mention that I'm gonna do the work? I love research, I live for it. All you guys gotta do is turn the lights down, crack a beer, sit back, and enjoy. So let us begin. Shadow people, what the hell are they? So the shadow person phenomenon has been around for a very long time and it is one of the most reported types of ghost sightings. So is there something to it? Are they real? And if so, what the fuck? Here is where I'm starting. This is the base query. What is a shadow person? For this episode, we're not talking about the experience, uh, what the experience is like, or how it made people feel. That's going to come later. For now, we are just talking about them. What has been said about their appearance, and what are they thought to be? Oftentimes, they are human-shaped but have also been described as fluttering blankets, morphing, crawling creatures, short and fat, but also tall and slender, long fingers, red eyes, definitely a a mass to these visions, but can be translucent. So many recount the being as fleeting, quick, and just out of their peripheral vision, only to turn to find nothing standing there. However, some have started reporting, witnessing these things straight on, literally being allowed to view them. So I hope that answers that question. Just a simple description of tall, small, quick, but standing, it's ground, red eyes, no eyes, long fingers, and maybe also it's a spider thing that you can't quite see, but only sometimes. That's what I'm here for. Simple straightforward answers. This show is really going well so far. Now, <clears throat> personally, I have never seen a shadow person. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my experience real quick. Um, I, I may have possibly seen like what they would call a shadow spider. Uh, I was staying at my sister's trailer uh, a few years back and we were sleeping. It's the middle of the night and I woke up. Uh, and I felt like that feeling you get when someone's just staring right at you. I I felt someone looking at me, and the way that uh, the the room and the and the trailers all set up, you know, every trailer. I grew up in trailers. Every trailer has got that long ass hallway, right, that goes the length of the trailer, and the bed in the bedroom, uh, the headboard was right up against the wall. That if your head was on the pillow and you looked right, you could see down the length. Of the, of the place, so all the way down the hallway, and then it opens up at the very end, like where the kitchen area is and the, and the sitting, the living room sitting area. So I felt something coming from that direction, like, like looking at me from that direction. I turned my head, I looked down the hallway, and I saw this, um, like a crawling, a, a quickly crawling thing. Um, it didn't really have like a like a like a set form. I it's really hard to explain. It wasn't like cloudy or translucent. Like it was, I could see a thing crawling, and in my in my sleepiness of watching it, um, I mean, I was like, is that a rat? No, how can it be a rat like that? Because it was around the size of a, like a very large rat or a, like a small possum. And the weird thing about it though, that I know it wasn't like an actual, like, physical creature that I know of anyway. But it was, it was up, it was crawling along the wall, but way up at the top, like, right where the wall meets the ceiling. And it was crawling along it uh, rather quickly. For about two feet, I watched it crawl away and then, like, went around the corner and disappeared into the sitting area. So I, I, I don't know what that is. You tell me. Um, I, I yeah, By that point of watching it, like I was awake, I wasn't, you know, I, I was able to turn my head, I was able to move, I was able to think, I, like there wasn't any, I was, you know, probably still groggy from coming out of the sleep, but I was awake at that point. So and and then, uh, you know, nothing happened after that. I just laid there staring down the hallway waiting for something else to happen. But, you know, that that was it. That was my experience. Um, as far as shadow people, though, um, never seen one. Never seen one. Even while doing the research for this season, you know, I, I got a little anxiety walking through my dark house or uh, or my, my place of work from the back of the building where the lights for the whole store are located because, of course, they are. Of course, that's where they are. But no, not not a thing, just my own fear creating thumps or the sound of something falling over that had no evidence of it and I'm screaming in my head whenever I'm walking through the dark. Please don't let me see one now, not when I look up, not when I look to my right down the aisle. Don't let there be something there. And there wasn't. Nothing. Nothing happened. So, thank goodness. Um but But you have only to type shadow person into the search bar on Reddit or pull it up on YouTube or ask a family member and bam, everyone else in the world has seen one but you. So, my first inclination is that whatever these things may be, they exist. Something exists. I think there's something to it. Again, I I just don't know what. Coming from... A more scientific, psychological standpoint, the shadow person is literally one of the scariest visions our half-awake and already fear-driven primal brain can concoct. A shadow, devoid of features or visible motive, hard to see, extremely mysterious to us, someone we do not know. Literally, the physical manifestation of the unknown— all while, if if we're following the sleep paralysis diagnosis, all while we're paralyzed in our beds, helpless to fight back or change our situation. It's awful. It really is a waking nightmare. Or, though the reports of seeing these things are overwhelmingly negative, filled with fear and dread, its very blank slateness can also account for the opinion of people who have had this encounter who might call them more of a guardian or observer, a helpful entity because there is nothing about their appearance or uh, any visual giveaways to tell us otherwise. It is also said that we concoct these visions, or more specifically, the vision of the Hat Man, because that is what our minds latch on thanks to certain villains in popular culture, like Freddy Krueger, the Babadook, Jack the Ripper, those sorts of characters. The only problem um, I have found with this explanation, though... Well, there's a lot of problems with this explanation, but but the one that sticks out to me is the fact that some people report having had their first encounter with the hat man when they were extremely young, as in too young to have been exposed to these types of films or TV shows that, that they should have had and report as such no previous tainting of this particular image. Also... As far as this solely being the result of sleep paralysis, I call bullshit. Not only have people reported seeing things after fully awaking or while lying in bed just getting ready to sleep, but seemingly more and more people are starting to report seeing them while while fully awake, walking around in the daylight, no drugs, no alcohol involved, and no sleep deprivation to speak of. Another scientific explanation, which is talked about in a documentary on Amazon right now called The Hat Man, Documented Cases of Pure Evil, is people with RH negative blood type. Now, I I hadn't heard this one before. I don't think it should cast a broad umbrella in trying to explain away all cases of these sightings, but it certainly is an interesting lens on this whole phenomenon and absolutely obviously, plays a role here. A study was done by the International Community for Alien Research. Over 53,000 quote-unquote contactees participated and had their blood drawn. When the blood was tested of these people who had claimed to have experiences with alien abductions and experiences with entities, 60% of them came back testing RH negative. Weird, right? Coincidence? Probably not as something like in the US, 85% of the population has RH positive blood type versus the 15% with negative. I guess I don't see this as any kind of explanation, maybe more like a clue. And it definitely leads to more questions. Are people with RH negative blood more imaginative, more prone to hallucinations? Are they just wired that differently than the rest of us? or does the rare lack of this protein make a person more open to psychical experiences more empathic or are entities for some reason just attracted to people who lack the protein it's not all cases all the time but it's enough to make me cock my head a little bit also and we will talk about this later on in our experts episode but people report seeing aliens and or like a like a alien shadow person combo during these experiences so <laughs> all right i'm a, i'm going to go off into the weeds a little bit so if the link is established now to combine those two entities add in all of the reports coming out Um, There was a Canadian news report, uh, the dump of the CIA documents. Oh, by the way, titled UFO, Fact or Fiction, which you can access and read for yourself on the CIA.gov website. And it details their investigations into reports of UFO sightings from the 40s to the 90s. Some of the stuff is incredibly convincing that UFOs do in fact exist. Um, Okay, so if UFOs exist, then one might ascertain that aliens exist. And if aliens exist, where does that leave us on shadow people? People are seeing them together. If the alien bit is real, then would shadow people now exist by default? Or, or are they one and the same? Just some mysterious uh, human-shaped skin suit that, that aliens can take on in order to more closely come to us or observe us. This is just really a food for thought. This is how my brain works. I just kind of trip over one question after another. There are so many more theories talking about what shadow people are, what causes them, where they come from. And this spans across the board in all cultures, all walks of life, all kinds of jobs. Um, I'm going to be pulling some of this information from one of the books I'm using in my current research on this subject called Darkness Walks. I'll put a link in the description if you want to check it out yourself. I recommend it. And some of this is also going to be coming from various sources on the web. I'll put some links for those in the description as well. So numerous authors have written and spoken publicly about what they theorize they are, like Heidi Hollis, Mike Ricksecker, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Jason Offit, just to name a few, but there are so many more. Too many to name here in the first episode. There are scientists and psychologists and physiologists like Stan Gooch from England who have theorized about shadow people, the Hatman sleep paralysis, and how it all can be tied together or explained away. Mr. Gooch, who is also an author, says that shadow people are real, along with many other paranormal entities. Now, he doesn't necessarily believe them to be spirits, but rather a projection of our own minds or something that he terms our other mind that can quote, produce real independent events in the real world. Some believe them to be astral bodies of actual people who are astral traveling, but also the astral bodies of people who are just in between incarnations and are earthbound for one reason or another. Christians believe shadow people are demons, negative and evil, conniving and violent demons. A pastor from Kentucky named Bishop Long, who is a longtime student of demonology, says, Shadow people must be taken seriously and can be quite dangerous. He does make the distinction that sometimes the shadow figure can actually be a human spirit trying to manifest, but warns us of shadows more demonic in nature and that you can always tell the difference. He says, "...should you see an apparition of what appears to be a human spirit, there will always be some type of defect if it is demonic in nature." A lot of folks have come to believe these figures to be something called the jinn, which is a term from the Middle East and the Quran, but would best be recognized in our Western culture as a genie. Jinn's were here before humans and are made of smokeless fire. They supposedly live right alongside us on Earth, choosing when and when not to be seen. They've been bestowed many special powers according to their origin story in order to test their faith to God. And in the Muslim faith, there are believed to be both good and bad jinn. Recently, I was listening to another um, paranormal podcast who had a guest speaking on the subject, and it was his belief that every single person is actually assigned their very own jinn who is with them throughout their life. It seems very similar, I suppose, to how Christians might view a guardian angel or how more New Age folk might think of their higher self or spirit guides. I don't know. The idea of the djinn probably deserves its very own uh, season, as it's almost an entirely different and fascinating subject in itself. Uh, There is also the possibility that these entities are interdimensional beings who can either be coming here from a parallel universe whose laws of physics do not match our own. So while we cannot access them, they can most certainly access us. Or due to some sort of resonant synchronization of energy, so some some kind of door or portal is open in their dimension, allowing them to slip through. And the final idea of what I think we should talk about today, as far as what they are, are ghosts. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is one of the most reported types of ghost sighting. So it probably goes without saying, but That is one of the most largely held beliefs about shadow people, that they are a visual manifestation of an actual ghost, that there's nothing naughty or nice about them. These are simply our loved ones who have passed on, who have summoned up enough energy to manifest themselves. And I guess without taking any of the other theories into consideration, this would probably be the group I would fall in. If, if I had to choose right now, um, it, it just it makes sense to me. Uh, a lot of the time, shadow people are often found in notoriously haunted joints, seem, seem to have a keen attachment to the land of the living. They seem to be intelligent in that they have been known to interact with people, react to things going on around them. I remember a long time ago now <laughs> watching an episode of TAPS you remember that show, TAPS? I think that was the, the Atlantic Paranormal Society. And they were investigating this prison. This was the first time I had actually, I think, officially been introduced to the concept of shadow person. Um, unfortunately, I, I do not recall which episode or what facility it was, but I distinctly remember them capturing video of this shadow figure up on one of the upper floors with a still camera. You can see this shadow emerge from the distant shadows, come toward the camera, and as if it saw the camera, as if on cue, it makes a sharp turn and beelines it back to the walkway, back into the darkness. It's quick. It, it really is just a shadowy thing. But you can literally see what look like legs alternating strides, and it appears to be intelligently reacting to being filmed and makes a quick getaway. This footage was incredible, from what I remember. And before you go all, Kristen, those shows are all faked, they gotta do it for the ratings, dudes. This was Taps. This was way back at the very birth of ghost hunting shows on TV. The only dramatics going on on that show was this beautiful, spooky bromance between Jason and Grant. Uh, Side note, I I actually considered for a while, like, applying to be one of their interns. This was way back when I was, like, young enough and energetic enough to do such a thing. But I really wanted to just work on that show. Even back when I was in college, that was when I was in college, even back then, I loved the paranormal. Okay, so I think we will wrap it up there for today. Never fear there will be much, much more to come. Uh, we will definitely dive deeper into various facets of this phenomenon in order to hopefully reach a conclusion by the end of the season. You know, I just I just wanted to get something going and get this moving. I've been doing a lot of research, you guys, and I, I've just been kind of chomping at the bit to get recording. Um, I am a, I'm a logical person. I will be first to admit that, but I am also an open-minded dreamer too, one that wants to believe deeply, to believe that the mysterious is real, that there is something to all of this, because ultimately, I want to know that life exists after death, and that's a big jump to make right now. As you come to know me, you'll see how I try to connect those dots. And yes, we are definitely doing a season on Indie and Afterlife Theories and all that. So if you're not into that kind of thing, keep scrolling, as they say. But if you are, welcome. Stay tuned. It's probably going to get weird. But right at the start, I wanted to explore something fun and also something that I didn't know much about. It absolutely terrifies me, what I may come to know. But ultimately, I am just too curious, and I'm probably going to end up getting bit in the ass with this one. All right, y'all, that is all on this subject for now. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there with me for Paranorm Girl's Maiden Voyage. Next week, I'm going to talk about the history and lore of shadow people, so should be dang interesting. If you want to keep posted and updated on on future episodes or have any questions or suggestions, hit me up on the Facebook or Twitter page. Uh, The handle for both is at Paranorm Girl Pod. No hyphens, no capitals, whatever, just at Paranorm Girl Pod. They're both very, very new. So excuse me while I continue adding that content and beautifying it all for you. You can also shoot me an email, and that address is paranormgirlpod at com. And, of course, if this episode really tickled you in your tickly place, I know I had fun, um, why don't you give me a, I don't know, like a thumbs up or a star rating or I, whichever platform you're listening on. Just, uh, you know, show me, show me some love. And, and a final note. I'm really excited to keep this lesson going there is so much that we don't understand, that I personally don't understand. While I do this research to feed my own personal insatiable desire to learn, I truly hope in the process to do the same for you. Let's be unfathomably insatiable students together. Like, let's ask the questions that beg for answers. Let's not keep accepting half-truths and slanted histories. We want more, we want the truth, and we want it now. Whether you are a believer, a skeptic, or a mix of both by the time this is all over, you will at least know you did your due diligence, gathered the evidence, and were able to form your own well-informed conclusion about ghosts, or demons, or shadow people. We don't know what they are yet, but we will learn to the best of our ability. Until we do, stay safe, keep that night light on, and sleep with one eye open.